0: When I first met Caroline Mace, I was a little scared of her. Cause she can read your energy. And so I was, the first time I was like, trying to make sure all my energy's in the right place. She can read your girl. So the first time Caroline was uh, on the Oprah show was in the late 90s for her book called Anatomy of the Spirit. Anybody in here remember that? Okay. And I think this was about 97 or 98. And we were just talking, talking, talking because my favorite shows were were exactly what I'm doing now. It took me a while to get to it. So I only wanted to do the shows after a while that we're talking about spiritual things, meaningful things, but you can't, like, live on ratings with that for a very long time. So I would sneak in shows like that whenever I could. So we were talking about Anatomy of the Spirit on broadcast television at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I looked out into the audience, and the people were looking at their shoes, they were looking at their wallet, they were looking all around at each other, and i actually stopped caroline in the middle and i said hey 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 what's going on everybody and someone stood up and said we don't know what you're talking about i go well you know there's a mind and a body and a spirit right and everybody this is 1997 98 everybody looked at me like i was speaking greek and someone said No, we don't know what you're talking about, the spirit. Do you mean, like, are you talking about Jesus or not, Oprah? Are you talking about Jesus? (laughs) Are you talking about John the Baptist? What are you talking about? And I said, well, I'm talking about the fact that we are mind, we're body, we're spirit, that you know you have a spirit, right? So I said, Caroline, you got a lot of explaining to do with the anatomy of the spirit. So, we've come a long way since then. We've come all the way to Super Soul Sessions at UCLA. (laughs) And everybody knows what we're talking about. Caroline Mace's session is called The Seven Myths and Seven Truths About Healing. Caroline.
1: Thank you, thank you. (laughs) It's a privilege to be here. Thank you so very much. As you know, I'm a medical intuitive, but what you don't know, is what I'm gonna share intimately this morning, and that's that um, I never wanted to do anything that I do today. Now, no, and I say that, because it, that may be an inspiration to you. I do something when I started 30 years ago, 30 years, 30 years ago that uh, never existed. And here's, and here's the wonderment of that, um, if you find yourself in that position. And that's that when you find yourself in blank water, it is such a blessing. And here's the blessing. When I began as a medical intuitive, it was a skill that I never knew existed. It was so organic to me. And because of that, I had no expectations. It was a blank slate. I sort of grew into it because what I wanted to do, you know, I was about to discover through the years that I had a genius for something I knew nothing about. And I had absolutely no talent for something that I had a passion for, which was writing novels. I still, don't, I still have never written anything, because I have absolutely no talent. I think I was built upside down. But the wonder of this is that everything that I did readings on intuitively came just like that, because I never anticipated a career in health. I never anticipated a career with people, because I'm essentially an isolate. I never wanted to work with anybody. I never wanted to be in the public. And so I ended up doing everything that was a never and nothing that was I want. How wonderful is that? (laughs) Okay. The second thing is that it positioned me to have an objective eye because I never had this sense of thinking this is the way the universe was because this is what I want it to be. And so when I started to do readings on people, I did not have an education in the human energy system or in chakras or in any of that, nothing. So when I began to do readings, it was a blank slate for me. I had no idea that there was a human energy system. I, I mean, it was just like Alice down the rabbit hole. And it was, uh, and if it wasn't for the fact that I'd met a wonderful physician named Norm Shealy, who had an interest in medical intuitives, I would never have pursued this. I'm convinced I wouldn't have pursued this because I, wanted, I was in publishing. So now I'm going to fast forward through my life because through the years, my, my life kind of went into increments of my looking at in the early years, what made us ill. And I started to do very quick readings about what made us ill. And then eventually that moved into, why why aren't we healing? Why, why don't people want to heal? I mean, I can't figure this out. And that's when I went into the study of, why don't people want to heal? What is this kind of, and I looked at what I call woundology, and the, and, and the science of, our relationship with the power of our wounds, which is, you know, substantial. But eventually I took a look at our struggle with what is healing? What, what is this? And I got into the area of healing and then miracles. Because then I really got interested in what can heal? What can we heal? What is the power in us that I see in people all the time? And, then, and so here's how I work. I'm one of those people that gets an aha. Did you ever get an aha, like all of a sudden, a bam, aha? Well, those are the things that I trust. I trust that in me. Part of how I navigate, if I do a reading on you, what am I looking at? What am I looking at? I'm getting your history. I need your history. I'm looking at how you have lost or anchored your energy in your history and how that is costing you your present. Does that make sense to you? Okay. In that same way, history of of humanity... is is a directive for me. I love history, and I've studied military history since I was nine. One day, in thinking about us, in thinking about the fact that I have a career as an intuitive, I had one of those BAM downloads, and I realized something, how incredibly different we are as a species than our elders were prior to World War II. Now, now, take a breath. I'm not going to give you a big history lesson, <laughs> but I am going to do this. I want you to come back with me for one tiny second, one tiny itsy bitsy second to World War II, just this way. And I want you to imagine it's the great division between all the people who lived before and you. And you, and imagine that we're going through this door, through this doorway, through World War II, and you pop out the other side, and the people before World War II are flatlanders, but you pop out the other side, and you go into a inflatable bubble. You are an inflatable being. You are a hologram, and they're Flatlanders. The difference between pre-World War II and you, us, is we are people of the fire. They are people of the earth. We are people who've grown up in the nuclear era. You are people of fire all your skills. We are people whose new frontier is ourselves. The world behind our eye is our new frontier. Nobody in the pre- before World War II would have said, balance my chakras. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, I assure you. My father would never have said to my mother, I need to go for a past life regression. <laughs> he was a World War II Marine. <laughs> he would never have said, I need to go have my aura fluffed. <laughs> All right? It would like not have happened. I want you to picture your grandparents or your parents. How, how big of a nothing would that have been? Saying, I think, the, I think my illness is due to my past life. <laughs> Are you with me? We speak this way as if it's part of our com- common parlance now. How's your past life? I don't know, I think I, I'm seeing a past life float in front of me. Oh, here, have, take two aspirin, put your feet up. I'll get you some wheatgrass. No problem, no, I have, that happens all the time. Is it a full moon? I mean, this is how. This is, and it's normal. It's normal. I I have a a friend who can deal with that. Don't you worry about a thing, right? Oh, yeah, good, yeah. It is so normal. We don't even think anything of it. Right, but she wants you to take your shoes off and you walk in the door and then swing this garlic. It's just, so it's normal. And we're people of the fire, but here's the thing. We have no idea how powerful that fire is. Now, before World War II, when we got ill, we went to a doctor, and the doctor said, let me take your temperature. Let me take a little bit of blood. And I want you to think of this as a train. The body was the engine on the train. And the doctor probably operated with a little common sense. That would be something that was invisible. And maybe, maybe they suspected, oh, the guy's got a little bit of a, emotional stuff. But the car was, the train was very short. Our train, the body's the caboose. On our train, we have, oh, man, emotional stress. We have psychological stress. We have a car for no purpose and meaning. We have a car for relationship issues. We have a car for wounded child. We have a car for traumas from, from childhood. We have a car for relationship issues. How long is your train? Then we have a car, and all of these are fire issues. This is all part of your fire. We don't even know how to measure fire. And I'll give you fire we have not even put on the train yet that belongs there because I can sense it in your energy field, in your hologram when I do a reading. Psychic free radicals in the universe. Psychic free radicals because the whole body operates like the individual body. You attract. How do we work? We work on the laws. We work on the laws of the universe. We talk about the law of magnetic attraction. It's not just to you personally, what's in the micro is in the macro. So our fire, we don't even know how our fire acts yet. It's so powerful. We don't know what ignites our fire, and we don't know what turns it down. We don't know when our fire is sizzling with someone. We don't know when we are imploding or what implodes us. So what we are still doing is we're going pre-World War II and we're borrowing some of the language of that era and we're taking it over here and we're applying it to fire and it's not quite working. Like, for example, a lot of the fire disorders that we have, a lot of the fire crises that we have, a lot of the fire challenges that we have, too much fire in us, we'll collectively put it together and we'll say, I have too much stress. And it's not accurate. It's not accurate. It's not stress. It stresses the result. But in fact, the truth is, it's too much fire. Too much fire that we haven't yet identified. Too much inner heat. Maybe it's too much of a psychic energy. You've been around forces, you've been around fields. That's just too much for you. Too much of the dark matter, too much inner creativity that has not been used. You've had, you haven't given birth to something creative yet, and it's imploding in you. You need to be a part of something that is more grounded. You've become ungrounded, and fire needs something to burn in that's creative. You haven't participated in a ritual that you need, something that makes you feel like, I have something that I am of value. And the fire starts imploding in you. These are things we have not, we don't understand about the fire. Psychic conflicts. We have become so sensitive, so attuned to each other, but we don't acknowledge that our strongest language now is our intuitive language, that we actually sense this, So that now what we say and what we're communicating psychically has got to become congruent. And that when it's not, when we sense, I sense something's not right here. When it's not congruent, a fire starts in us because we feel something's not right here. We can feel it. And the fire starts burning right through here, right through here. You can feel the fire that happens when something's not congruent. So to say, I don't know what this is, I've got this kind of feeling in here, I'm just anxious, I've got this anxiousness and I can't sleep. I have a sleeping disorder. No, you don't. No, stop it. (laughs) You stop it. But you are not interpreting your fire. So once again, the idea that it is a sleeping disorder, you're being haunted. It's that the light, you can't turn that light off at night because it's incongruent, and you can't seem to interpret the fire in the brain. You have too much fire, too, much, too many lights on in the brain. Too many lights on. Yet another thing that we do, which is, it's quite extraordinary, really, is that when we become vulnerable, when we become vulnerable, we tend to go back to mythologies. That when we are conscious, we say that we don't believe. But they are fire mythologies that we cling to. For example, we feel like, when something hits us in an illness we will have a fire thought like I can't believe this is happening to me. How could this happen to me? How could I become ill? As if we're exceptions to the rule. How many of you have ever felt like you're the exception to it? Okay. As if we're the exceptions like I do everything right and something something wrong is happening to me. And what I have to say to you is there's no such thing as an exception. Don't say that Carol, get her off the stage. Well, (laughs) I have to say there's no such thing. And one of the most painful things that you can tell yourself is that you are the exception to a rule that you are the exception to what happens to all living creatures. That somehow or other, you are living outside the laws of life. That, the, that what breaks down everybody else's body can't touch yours. That somehow other people will age, but not you. That somehow, so, you know, and someone will say to me, I can't believe this is happening to me. And I'll say, well, who did you think they would, who do you think, well, that person, okay? Or that somehow if you're a positive person, negative things shouldn't happen to you. Now you just stop that. I want to put you in your bubble and say, well, what, what positive things do you think are protecting you? Is it your psychic positive, your emotional? How about all your past lives? How about your future lives? If I got you in your bubble, you would start screaming, stop it. You can't possibly know yourself that well. And number two, at number seven, whatever myth I'm on. (laughs) Who's keeping count for me? It's your job. Is that, is that, no, no. Yet another one is we will never know ourselves that well. Never, 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 never. So what I want to close with, because there's so much, is this. I will tell you that never trust your mind to heal. Never, never, never. Your mind is, needs as much healing as the rest of you. The instrument for healing in you is the soul. After all my years, and you're gonna, I will tell you the mind is inadequate. The instrument to heal is the soul. You would say to me now, well, okay, help me out here. What's the soul? I know you would. You're going to follow me out, and you're going to say that. So I'm just going to close, and I will take you to the door of your soul. Is that fair? Okay. It won't take long. i will take just a minute, just a second. I want you to imagine. I want you to suit up. I want you to put in your, just get into this. Get into a situation, a memory, a feeling of someone who you just can't forgive. Can all of you do that for me? Have all of you got one unforgivable thing? Okay. I want you to picture that person coming up to you and saying, whoa, bummer. I'm sorry I did this, but you know I never meant to hurt you, and hey, can we just call it a day? And they leave. And you go like this. How come that didn't feel right? How come that didn't, like, clean up the table? Why? I'll tell you why. What was, what's the whole it's that there wasn't that whole little thing i never meant to hurt you that's the thing you can't forgive because it doesn't it goes right to your soul that toxic sick feeling that says what do you mean you never meant to hurt you me what do you now what that i want you to just picture the sword going right past your mind right past going right into your soul cuz that's the thing right there now I want to picture this. Let's redo the scene. <clears throat> Comes up to you and says, I need to speak with you. I need to tell you something. I consciously knew what I was doing. I consciously knew it. And I have to call it something else. I sinned against you. It was a sin. I heard my conscience tell me not to do this, and I didn't listen. And it didn't matter to me. And I know that my actions redirected the course of your life. It was conscious. That was a sin, because it was conscious. And how much it hurt you did not stop me. This is not a boo-boo. This is not an apology. I am confessing my soul to you. And I'm asking now for your forgiveness. The depth of that, did it touch your soul? That's your soul. That gets the sword out. That's what heals.